0: To learn more, visit naturesway.com pearls and use code CHELSEA10 at checkout for 10% off any Pearl's probiotics. Terms and
1: conditions apply. Valid through July 31st. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year
0: just being
2: me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
0: Hi, Catherine. Hi, Chelsea. Hi, what's going on? Chelsea,
5: I have a couple of follow-ups for Okay, us. great. We love this. Yes. This is our
0: favorite. So,
5: our first follow-up comes from Katie. She called in on the Ethan Nadelman episode about she was taking some Xanax because she was in a really stressful job. She smokes a lot of weed. Uh, You had told her, like, you know, if you need to take a break, take a break just to do a little reset like you had done last year. So she says, I added a link at the end of this message to a video that I apparently recorded when I got back from Greece and was so stoned that I forgot I made it. I started to record again and my friend said, why are you doing that again? Taking a break from weed definitely worked, and I'll be taking more regular breaks. I have still not been able to get my hands on chocolate mushrooms, which you also recommended to her or she was curious about. Thankfully, my new job is infinitely better than my previous job, and I haven't had a panic attack or needed Xanax in a while.
0: Oh, nice. Yes. Thanks again for such a cool experience, Katie. Great. I'm not even sure how we helped her, but it sounds like she's doing great. (laughs) She's doing amazing. She couldn't get her mushrooms. I remember she lived in the Northeast, right? Yes. And Uh she didn't know if mushrooms were legal, blah, blah, blah. But she stopped taking Xanax. That's good. I always have to taper my Xanax because when I travel, especially, I love, I fucking love Xanax, but it's not (laughs) good for you. And so I can't take it as frequently as I would like. Yeah. So I'm going to actually
5: share this video with you. She's She's very stoned. She's very, very stoned.
6: So quick video update
3: <laughs> our conversation.
7: And after 15 days off and smoked my first joint. And as
3: you can see, it did the trick.
0: So she took a break from weed or she, she did. And this is her first time back. Her first time to take smoking oh, yeah. it again. That's how I looked when we did my interview with Ben Bruno. (laughs) Good work, Katie. Good work.
5: Way to go. I mean, and you know what? Now that I've tried the chocolate mushrooms, they were a very chill experience. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt them, but not in a way that I didn't feel like I could be having a cocktail at the same time sort of thing. It was not overwhelming. Yeah. They were very light. I felt like... It was just a good time. Like you said, it's very giggly. I noticed the lights were a little bit strong when Uh I went inside. I was like, wow, those lights are so bright sort of thing. But really, I could feel when they tapered up and when they tapered off, like at the end of dinner, basically. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. Yeah. Did you take the – you took the chocolate? Mm -hmm. Or the gummy. 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 Those were light. Yeah. I doubled up the next night. I took two. Yeah. And I felt it then. But one was mild. So, yeah. Yeah. It was perfect.
5: So, we went to a party. That was out in the valley. Mm -hmm. And a friend of ours had some mushroom caplets, fun mushrooms.
0: Caplets or capsules? Well, capsules. But I think
5: it's something that they like made at home, like measured Uh out sort of thing. So I had said to Brad, did you like ask him how much is in these? And he said, no. But I Mm -hmm. was sort of thinking they might be a microdose in there, right? So I tell Brad, I'm like, well, you have to. Find out is this a good time or is this like a micro dose? Like we just need to know kind of what we're getting into. <laughs> but he refused. He was like, "No, you can't ask about that stuff." Or you're from your drug dealer. <laughs> I was like, "This is not a drug dealer. It's like a friend from." <laughs> <All
4: right." laughs>
5: He's like, well, I'm not going to text him that. I'm like, that does make sense to me. You don't want to, like, put that in a text message or, like, you know. He's like, what if he doesn't know the measurements? I'm like, but he'll know if they're, like, one is a good time or five is a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think about that as far as, like, asking...
0: Oh, I mean, I'm always drugs. the person that everyone's asking because I'm always the one <laughs> doling out the drugs and everyone's like, how many milligrams? I'm like, who cares? You're fine. But huh? I actually took mushrooms in, on Vancouver Island and I had a terrible reaction to them, but I was oh, so jet lagged. I, I think it was the jet lag because mm-hmm. um, I don't ever have bad reactions to drugs. And I was yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's fine to ask. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you sound kind of like a pussy, but <laughs> I mean, it's good I'm to I'm okay kn- with that. Yeah, you're okay with that. So you just want the information. So yeah, exactly. I'm someone who researches something to death before I like. Oh pull yeah, no. I, know. I see. I'm that's what I'm the opposite <laughs> of whatever you are. You're like just put. I it don't in your what mouth. if somebody hands me drugs. It could be a stranger. I'm like this isn't going to put a dent in me. You know, <laughs> yes. that's how I feel. Although yes. I've become a little bit more of a lightweight in recent years. So I guess I'm just transitioning into a elderly lightweight person.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, and also right now there's a lot of like scary shit and drugs out there. I yeah, feel. no,
0: no. You can't do cocaine. You can't do like ecstasy they put in all the stuff like fentanyls and everything so you can't really
5: and no one knows how much like apparently that was what killed Tom Petty is he had gotten I think some sort of painkillers or something like not crazy drugs just like some sort of painkillers from the internet and they had fentanyl in them
0: oh is that what happened yeah yeah. I was once at a friend's birthday party and Tom Petty and his wife showed up or his girlfriend
5: Mm -hmm. as a
0: surprise to the birthday girl and (laughs) it was <laughs> so weird. It was so, he was so weird looking, <laughs> you know? In person, you're just staring at him like, what a strange looking man. Yeah, he is kind so of like. So unique. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not strange, I guess, isn't the right way to say it. But, but maybe that's different than you'd
5: expect. Yeah, strange to me. Was there anyone who you've ever met that really you got starstruck?
0: Probably Tom Cruise, because he's like bigger than life. I was mm-hmm. walking out of my agent's office and he was walking into my agent's office when I was at uh, CAA and, I was like, wow! <laughs> like, I just couldn't even believe him. <laughs> I was like, whoa! And like, it, you know, because he's like so ridiculously yeah. famous that you're just. And then he was like, "Hello, oh, Chelsea." You know, like very intensely mm-hmm. looked in my eyes, and I was like, uh, all, Meanwhile, at the time, you're all I drooling. did was make fun of him and Katie Holmes, like on my <laughs> TV show. So I was just like, "Fuck!" I don't want to <laughs> even have this interaction. You're like,
5: please be nice to me. Yeah. So Luke was our one straight guy who called in. Oh my God!
0: Alright, so yes. <laughs> tokenism everyone
5: yes exactly he called in on our on a ferris episode and had a friend who was dating a girl who was pretty controlling and he didn't know if he should confront his friend about this i think the advice was we've already sort of mentioned it a few times you might need to lay off because it's sort of his choice to make but luke followed up and he said he actually ended up getting engaged I decided to follow Chelsea's advice and not bring up his relationship to him again, and I let it go. It's tough to stand by and watch, but at the end of the day, it's his life, Luke.
0: Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's the right thing.
5: Yeah, I think so. And also, I really firmly believe that from an outside perspective, you can never truly understand what's happening in someone's relationship, and for example i had a friend who i wasn't super like worried for her getting married to this guy but someone that close friend of mine married who was sort of very vanilla ice cream you know like not offensive but not very exciting mm-hmm. sort of boring i thought she'd get very bored and like now Several years later, she's very happy. They have a family together, and right. she's like living the life that she wants. I think in in most ways, and so people do mature. Maybe this girl is going to mature and become a better partner.
0: Yeah, you never know. Like, yeah, you could grow to like somebody after a, a bunch of times, and your judgment over someone else's situation is just pretty invalid, anyway.
5: Yeah, or you know, they might get a divorce, and
0: and yeah, <laughs> and there then, you go. Yeah, And then you could really lay into her.
5: <laughs> exactly. Our next follow up comes from Marcus. He called in when Monica Padman mm. was on the show and he says, Hi, Catherine, I was just thinking about how I needed to update you guys on what happened. He had a really conservative family, the Orthodox, oh, what was it called? Yes. The I really Orthodox and he family. He was of
0: t- contemplating moving out. Yes, exactly. And we told him to get the fuck away from his family. Indeed.
5: He said, I did, in fact, move out, and it was super (laughs) dramatic. Basically, my whole family turned their backs on me for a portion of time. I set firm boundaries with everyone, and Chelsea's advice was ringing in my ears to keep me moving forward during the darker times. As of now, my family is not thrilled about my move, but we have a cordial relationship, and I visit them from time to time, which I think is perfect. That was my commentary. Although moving out has not solved all of my issues, and my roommates can be a lot to navigate at times, in many ways I believe the universe is forcing me to learn boundaries, I am incredibly excited and empowered that I took the initiative and made this move. I do have mood swings and definitely depressive episodes alike, but I'm incredibly honored to say that I am alive. The feeling of, quote, living is not something I can say I felt for a long time. I feel like I'm a participant in my life again, and I feel hopeful for the life I'm creating. A main driver in this decision was the podcast, and I can confidently say you guys changed the trajectory of my life. I have a new therapist, a new apartment, and a new lease on life. Best, Marcus.
0: Oh, my God. Home run, Marcus. What a great update. Yes, I'm so thrilled for him.
5: And like navigating roommate stuff is very normal. You know, that's all just the stuff you deal with in your 20s. But I'm so happy to hear that his family has already come around yes
0: right exactly that's the best news oh my god I love it I love Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. I love telling people to get away from their families and then they take (laughs) that advice and then it ends up all good and moving in the right direction absolutely Oh, Marcus I'm so happy for you ah
5: it's just great it's just great I loved that email almost moved me to tears well, Chelsea, should we get into some phone Oh, calls? yeah. We're
0: not having a guest today. We're doing some episodes without guests to see how you guys like that. Yeah. I mean, some guests are great. And well, actually, all of our guests have been good. I mean, yeah. We don't haven't had any doozies. No, no duds. Oh, Everybody's I can think great. of a doozy. <laughs> I'll tell you after. <laughs> okay. I can actually think of one,
5: too. I wonder if it's the same
0: one. <laughs> I, I bet it is. <laughs> I like having guests, and I also like not having guests. So I, I'm yeah. open to either way. Absolutely. But, I mean, some guests are great, so they're worth having. Some some guests are good, and some are great. Yeah, Juliana Margulies is our people I are hope so. She in becomes love our ride or, or die. Yeah, she I is, love her. I think she already is our ride <laughs> or die.
5: <laughs> so pleased. Oh my goodness. Well, let's take a quick break because we have to, and then we'll come back with some emails.
0: Okay, sounds good. Let's
1: go take a bath. Happy Pride from Tomboy X
6: Listen to "Fallen Angels: A Story of California Corruption" on the iHeartRadio Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Media. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, "Math and Magic: Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing." Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone, The studios didn't really control the theaters. The
7: theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry.
4: Or Kellen Kenney, chief marketing and growth officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar.
2: It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson.
4: In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And we're back. Ah, oh, sudsy. Very sudsy. I just want you to know, Catherine, before we get into today's episode, that I'm heading straight from here going to my ophthalmologist to figure out how to replace my eyes, (laughs) because I can't fucking see anything now after 6 o'clock. If I get a little stoned, I can't see anything. If I have a buzz, I can't see anything up close. Distance is fine, because I had LASIK. But there's a thing you can get called monovision, Mm -hmm. which one eye short and one eye's long, and I'm like, but that's a little dizzying, it sounds. So I, I have to go today to see what my other options are. And I'm hoping that I could just get an eye implant. Just have them swapped I out for new ones. I want to take Bert's ones. vision and install <laughs> it into my head so he that I can see through eyes. his eyes.
5: <laughs> You're Gonna have Bert's brown eyes. Well, Chelsea, I actually, have, I actually have one follow-up that I wanted to share from Kat. And she wrote in and said, can you all please shut the fuck up about the Kardashians? <laughs> if I hear an update about the Kardashians on another platform right now, I will shoot my ears out. <laughs> Seriously, what the hell? All the best, Cat. Oh,
9: that's so funny.
5: <laughs> I read this and I just couldn't stop laughing. I just love it.
0: <laughs> that's funny. <sighs> that's Speaking awesome. of the Kardashians, I <laughs> shot a Skims campaign. I used to make fun of the Kardashians and now I'm working for one. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Can't You can't escape them.
0: No, it's ridiculous. They're you can't. Everywhere. You can't. And now they're whole, there's a new generation of them coming. <laughs> so w- what the fuck? Yep. You just have to sit down and bear it. It's uh-huh. pretty. But yeah, I hear you. I, I can't believe it either.
5: In like 30 years, North is going to be running for president. Don't oh, even God, worry about yeah. it.
0: <laughs> they're here to stay. Isn't her name North Star? Northwest. Oh. I don't <laughs> Whoopsie doodle! I
5: hope her middle name is Star though. I think that's great. Kim? My
0: favorite these days, though, out of the Kardashians, is Kourtney. Kourtney. She just seems yes. really real.
5: You know what? I feel I like... like a bitch, and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, but also like having just binge watched all of the Kardashians. She is somebody who like I love that did... this woman
0: writes in about <laughs> listening to Kardashians, and now we're fucking talking about them. Yeah, look what you've done. No, no, out of respect for the writer, let's end this conversation. Okay, it's done. As much as you want to talk about them, you'll have to save it for another episode, Catherine. I will. I will. We have to be loyal to our viewers. That's right. I mean, yeah. listeners. I don't know if you're fucking listening or viewing, and if you're viewing, <laughs> please tell me how you're viewing because we don't record this. For... Exactly.
5: It is actually on YouTube but it's just a still it's not the video's not out there so you can watch a still photo while we talk
0: (laughs) oh that's lame uh yes well shout out to all our youtube listeners
5: (laughs) we had an email come in just like a day or two ago from emma and she was so sweet she said dear chelsea my boyfriend of seven years technically a little on and off but three years straight now broke up with me this week We'd been struggling for a while, but working through it, I thought. During our last disagreement, he told me he couldn't do it anymore and that he's felt this for a while, but didn't know how he could tell me. He... Loves me, but isn't in love with me. I'm blindsided and indescribably sad. Our town isn't tiny, but small enough, we'll run into each other. I'm supposed to be starting grad school for a therapy program in a week and don't know how I'll focus. I'm afraid I'll never move on. How can I move forward and heal? Because right now it seems impossible. Emma.
0: Oh. I know, Emma. Oh, that's sad. You feel, you're so sad, but... First of all, you're going to grad school. Like, why do you think it's t- the timing is as perfect as it could be? That's mm-hmm. exactly what you need to do is go to grad school and get, first of all, an education, a higher education, and yeah. get a huge pivot in your life he just told you he doesn't he's not in love with you like there's no other way to say it the only victory you can have now is completely diving into yourself and going to school focusing on yourself focusing Mm -hmm. on your career ahead and grieving Mm -hmm. with it but knowing that you have something else going on in your life otherwise you're just going to sit at home and cry about this and be depressed because he doesn't he's not in love with you anymore Mm -hmm. no that's not an option Yeah, give yourself a little bit of time to to feel this. Eat some chocolate ice
5: cream. Do what you got to do. But you know you're gonna meet so many new people, and not just you know potential romantic people, but new friends. You're gonna have new experiences as you start grad school.
0: I think you know she doesn't want that though. I know you're listening, and you don't want new experiences. You want your old experience. I know. But I'm here to tell you that this is a huge opportunity for growth for you, and that you are going to be fine. Mm -hmm. You are going to be okay, and you're gonna get through this. And you, the first step is going to grad school. That's exactly what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And you're going to run into him? Great. Every time is going to be easier than the last time. But you have to think of this as an ending and for that relationship and a beginning for the rest of your life. I love that. I think that's wonderful. And it will
5: get easier. Like I think maybe not every day, but every week. It just gets easier, don't you think, Chelsea? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks for
0: writing in, Emma. And all the best. Let us know how grad school goes. You know, when you break up with somebody and you kind of go back to all of your people, Mm -hmm. it's like very nice and you feel very grateful. You're like, oh, Mm -hmm. wait, I wasn't as present before. Mm. You know, when you're in a relationship, you're never as present. But I don't like to think of myself as as that. You know, like I like to think that I am available even when I'm in a relationship. But when I think back about my most recent relationship, I'm like, oh, I... Was on tour. So that mm-hmm. took up like 80% of my time. Yeah. And then the other 20% was always with my ex-boyfriend. And I'm like, wait. I had no time for any of my friends mm-hmm, or any of mm-hmm. that stuff. So that's like interesting. And the other thing I am conscious of watching, mm-hmm. like have an awareness of now is like phases of grieving or yes. getting over a breakup. Yeah. Like once you have the vocabulary and you understand what's happening, yeah. you understand that the more distance you get, the more perspective you'll have and the more clarity you get. You When you're in such a state with somebody and especially if the relationship dissolves, you're both not thinking clearly at all. Mm-hmm you know mm-hmm. and so when you get the perspective and you allow enough time because people people think time is bad but like the longer that you have a way the clearer that you are able to see things yeah absolutely. and understand exactly what transpired instead of being emotional about it you know mm-hmm. so it's nice to see the different phases of a breakup or grieving or whatever you want to call it because you know I didn't want to ever lessen I didn't ever want to take away, like, meaningful things that I said. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, like...
5: It doesn't mean they're not true.
0: Right. I didn't want to do anything to negate me being my best possible version of myself during this breakup, being able to conduct yourself in a way that you feel respectful of Mm -hmm. is a really great lesson to learn. Yeah. I mean, and it usually probably wouldn't come to a person until they're in their 40s because we're so (laughs) stupid. But I really feel like, okay, this is one way to conduct yourself and it's the best way. Yeah. And you're always, you're not going to have any regrets and you don't participate in any, like I have a couple girlfriends who read you know, they will go on someone's Instagram and then mm-hmm. go to the other person's Instagram that the, they're photographed in their picture with to research that person and oh, yada, yada, no, yada. And no. these are grown women and they're my close friends. And I'm like, you guys. And she, they're like, I, we just need to know. We need to know. Like, I don't like but that. But you don't. Like, I, you don't. yourself space. I know. I know. They don't. But they think they do. They think they're collecting yeah. information. That's their answer. They're collecting <laughs> information. But I think it's good not to collect information. To have a yeah. separation, be a separation. Like mm-hmm. you're now separate and there's no reason to be going doing those things, not because they're childish, because that's kind of sounds judgmental, but it is childish. And it's better Because it doesn't if, matter yeah. what's what that person is doing or thinking or saying right. about you. It doesn't matter. Exactly.
5: And also like you don't get the headspace that you would if you were just like giving yourself time yeah. away from thinking about that or thinking about it but not engaging with that person their Instagram whatever I mean but when you talk about as we mature we react differently I had one friend a few years ago who got divorced from her husband they had been together for 12 years married for five And she actually went through her whole Instagram and deleted every picture of them together. And like, it wasn't a particularly nasty divorce. It was pretty amicable. (laughs) But I was like, you you can't just erase somebody from your life, you know?
0: I I think it's
5: interesting when people want to do that.
0: Well, that's being angry or reactive or mm-hmm. well, I guess she wasn't being reactive because it was after the but it is being reactive. It's yeah. like just honor the what it was. You don't have to erase it. Exactly. Exactly. But I mean, I think something that's totally undervalued is the value of giving yourself space and time. Like mm. people want to rush things. I know I certainly do. I'm very impulsive. Like I want answers and results quickly totally. whenever I'm interested in something or the outcome of something. But the adult ness <laughs> <laughs> to give yourself space and mm-hmm. time to actually reflect and digest yeah. and get clarity is like, oh, okay, now you know I feel like a woman. <laughs> yeah,
5: and it's a gift to yourself to be able to like... Give yourself that clarity, give yourself time to heal. But also, you know, like you said, healing doesn't necessarily mean that you're like totally moved on from that person or you're, you know, you don't ever think about them anymore or there's no chance of getting back together. That's not what it means. Healing means that you get that different perspective and you can think about it differently.
0: Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, that's a good point, too. People confuse that word a lot.
5: Mm -hmm. What do you think about closure? Everybody talks about closure.
0: I mean, listen, it's not fun to be, like, you know, left in the lurch and not know what happened. That Mm -hmm. is not ideal. But I don't know. How many closures do people need? You know, Mm. that's my thing. It's like (laughs) if you're broken up, you're broken up. Do you need to break up twice? Yeah. Everyone thinks that they want closure, but I'm not positive that that's true. Yeah, you want to know what happened. Yeah. So I think that also... It's so nice to be with your family, you know, and be Mm. reminded of like the people that have been in your life forever and will always remain on your team and be with you. It's very nice to have that familiarity with family, especially with my sisters because, you know, brothers are useless. My one brother, Roy, (laughs) is the sweetest thing in the world. He's adorable and so loving and just a sweetheart. And then I have my brother, Glenn, who's just an idiot. You know, he has no concept of how he is or cares. He doesn't care because he's fucking, he just thinks he's killing it. He's a straight white male. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, over 50. That's (laughs) the key ingredient. Uh,
5: I mean, it's a different dynamic. Like, it is nice to be around people who, obviously, they loved your ex and they loved being around him, but they love being around you, just you, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, well... That's it. I mean, how many times can I say, yeah, well, yeah,
5: yeah. Family is great.
0: Family is great, everybody. Write that down.
1: (laughs) Write it down. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original Boxer Briefs for Women creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com.
7: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet.
6: Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone, The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control
7: the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the
4: industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar.
6: It is so
2: crucial that you spend time with the customers that is the best lesson.
4: In these exciting times we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
5: Our next email. Chelsea, this is a juicy one. Oh. This is from Shayna. Should I get my water wings? (laughs) Shayna's 29. She says, dear Chelsea, about 18 months ago, a friend of mine ended an engagement with his girlfriend of many years. They just wouldn't have been able to make it work. The breakup was super hard on both of them, and he feels bad he let the relationship go on too long. He's been talking to a therapist and believes it was the right decision to end things. He just wants them to be able to have closure. He recently contacted her to get the ring back, as well as some of his other stuff. Well, she returned his stuff, but not the ring. He tried to contact her about it and got radio silence. Legally, the ring should return to him. Since the wedding didn't happen, the ring doesn't officially become a gift. But before he takes legal action against her, is there any way I can help him get the ring back peacefully? Shana.
0: Uh, first of all Shayna, you better not let you if you're influencing him at all do not let him take legal action to get his fucking ring back uh, yeah he just broke up with her she's allowed to keep the ring the ring was a gift when he gave it to her not when they get married So you're letting him influence your thinking because you're a woman and you should know better. (laughs) Do you know what I think? I think Shayna is the new girlfriend. Yeah, obviously.
5: (laughs) I thought I really had like a moment Like honestly, you're going to
0: sue to get your (laughs) fucking
5: engagement ring back? Who does that? Yeah. And especially because like he broke it off. And here's the big thing to me is Shayna says he broke off an engagement with a longtime girlfriend. Not girlfriend, fiance, first of all. But second of all, he let eighteen months go by without bringing this up. Eighteen months—that's too long. Even if, like, and I looked up the laws on this too. Laws differ differ from state to state. So some states have a law where, like, it becomes the woman's, like, as soon Look as she. Oh, you, you. Sherman Oaks, SBU.
0: Oh. <laughs> Look at you. Right. I love to
5: research, Chelsea. Yeah. I actually really do. But so, you know, it depends on the state. It sounds like in their state, it does legally revert to the giver since the wedding didn't happen. But if the wedding had happened, it would. Here's my my thought. If if he had asked within a month or two, maybe.
0: First of all, it's not up to the man to ask for the ring back. No. It's up to the woman if she wants to give it back. And any other man or non-binary person that has been proposed yes. to and is returning a ring. It's up to the person. the. receiver recipient of the gift that's at their discretion not the person who gave the gift you can't ask for a gift back you know what that's called we're not allowed to say that term anymore right but and like what are you going to do give it to your next girlfriend that's gross Um, like a used engagement ring some money back so we can go buy her another one i know i heard a story about that too recently that somebody got proposed to his next girlfriend with his old girlfriend's engagement (laughs) <laughs> oh. Fine if you need a, a deal I think on a rings ring and should like... just be taken out of the equation altogether. They seem <laughs> yes. it's a, it's a bit silly. Go on a vacation. Yeah, Spend I'm gonna go to Bora Bora. I got to figure that out. Every time I see pictures on Instagram of Bora Bora, I'm just like, holy fuck! I went there once gorgeous. with my um, girlfriend Sophie, mm-hmm. and we spent a week there. And I was like, this is like a honeymoon. I'm like, this is what I would with want Sophie. my honeymoon to be like: my girlfriend and myself, amazing, and just drank every time we came out of the water. They handed me a mango margarita because that would be the last thing that i drank i love it they came I, it was just it was heaven you could be in that water for seven hours a day oh I love yeah it i gotta get so back there it's a much. long trip and i cried the day we left <laughs> i did like how long were you there one A week, week. Oh. it was heaven heaven
5: where is bora bora like by what's tahiti by?
0: okay <laughs> okay just yeah
5: i know exactly where tahiti is so that's great <laughs>
0: It's like French Polynesia. Okay. So that whole area.
5: I think I have some research ahead of me when I get home. Bora Bora.
0: Oh, no. Maybe that's by Indonesia Bora Bora because when we came from, no, we came from Papiete. No, yeah. Tahiti. It's Tahiti. Okay. I have been to Indonesia. (laughs) They take you. uh, Did you go to Bali? We did. Yeah. That was was cool. Bali's cool. Yes. It was interesting to see the two different sides of it. Like how there's like one side that's so Mm -hmm. beachy and rustic. I've just never seen that much pollution in my life in Bali oh, really? on the beaches. Yeah, it was all washed up. So the co- beaches were covered. I went for a surf competition. Oh,
5: we must have been there at a different time because they were pristine when we went. Like, oh, yeah. Totally well, I think
0: parts of the island, but there's I those could've. big pyres, right? Is that mm-hmm. what they're called? Those mm-hmm. Of garbage in the ocean. And then they, like, washed ashore. Yeah. So they had a massive—my friend used to run that WSL. So they had, like, a massive cleaning of the ocean thing where everybody in the same day went out to— Clean the ocean and get bitten by sharks. Oh, God. (laughs) Get attacked by sharks. Fucking sharks are everywhere now. Oh, no. (laughs) I know. There's like a shark app that tells you where all the sharks are. Because many of them are tagged. Yeah. In the Cape Cod area. And if you look at it, it's like, what? It's just the entire ocean? Into the ocean. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they're all up, like,
5: in the Northeast now, because they're like, eh, we like this better. Yeah,
0: and they're coming closer and closer. And you can say whatever you want about sharks not attacking, but they attack, and that's what's happening. (laughs) They're fucking hungry, and they're attacking.
5: Just sometimes. Only when they get a taste for it, right? Well, our first caller today is Wes. Wes has a pretty crazy situation. Wes says, Dear Chelsea... I'm a former foster parent who mostly took respite cases one of my recurring cases were two brothers they and all their siblings ages 0 to 10 were in and out of care i became close enough to the bio parents that i would occasionally babysit the kids even when they weren't in the system the bio parents felt close enough to me to confide in me one day that mom was pregnant with twins they wanted me to adopt the twins when they were born because they had the common sense to know that otherwise they'd be in and out of the system too. After speaking with DCFS and my own family, I decided to adopt the twins. This essentially involved letters of intent on behalf of the bio parents and myself that the babies would leave the hospital with me and the bio parents would have no rights to them. So there's legal implications here too. Long story short, nearly seven months in, we found out it was all a ruse. The pregnancy was faked. This was truly mind-bending, and I approached my work about time off to grieve. I had prepared space in my home and in my life for these babies, and the sense of emptiness was profound. Their response was, we have difficulty justifying this extended time off because there was no actual death. The next day, I quit my job. I had already had some qualms about the industry, and it's been 18 months since I quit, and I'm ready to go back to work. I'd like to obtain a position of similar title, senior director, but I feel that the 18-month gap in my resume will be hard to explain and mean that I need to settle for a lesser position. How can I explain the gap in my resume without revealing too much information? I have no problem sharing my story when it's appropriate, but an interview is definitely not that. Thanks for your time. Hope to speak with you soon. Be well, Wes. Hi, Wes. Hi. Hi. Hi.
8: How are you? Good.
5: Good. How are you
0: doing?
8: Doing well. You guys look radiant.
0: Thank you. I was gonna think. I was gonna say you looked ravishing earlier. Oh, well, thank. Well, you. I'm pretty hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so Wes, what? That's such a fucked up thing to yeah. have happen.
8: Yeah, it was pretty crazy.
0: So they basically faked it for what to get you to give them money or pay?
8: Yeah, I mean that's that's the question I get a lot. It's like, why did they do that? And I think one of the reasons why this is like such a uh, You know, difficult, confusing situation is like we didn't really give them a whole lot over that seven month period. I mean, we like gave them and their other kids presents at Christmas. We would babysit. I mean, like one time I bought them gas and another time I bought them groceries. But when they announced that they were pregnant, we had in our care their two oldest boys. And so I think, you know, it's one thing to fake a pregnancy. But yeah. then it's a completely different thing to fake a pregnancy with twins. So I think that they wanted to in their minds, they wanted to swap these twins for and they thought that somehow <laughs> they were going to be able to do that, but
0: if the if the pregnancy wasn't real, then there was there were no twins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't think they thought that. Yeah, and we talked, and there's some like mental illness involved,
5: and it's uh, uh, like a pretty sticky situation. Oh, yeah,
8: yeah. the The entire history of the family involves like DCFS, which is like the foster care organization, and the mother had trauma, the father, you know, had had been incarcerated. So, I mean, they're not rational, well adjusted people. I mean, the the children were brought into care for a reason.
0: Mm. And are the rest of the kids still with them?
8: So. You know, I'm not supposed to know this, but I do because I had some contacts in the agency after I released my license. But essentially what happened is, (laughs) this is really crazy, are not adopted yet. But the two younger sisters were the baby that I babysat a lot of the time. He got adopted. And then just recently, like a couple months ago, we found out that that the mother is pregnant with twins. Actually, actually like verified, like the system has already taken measures to bring those children into care once they're born.
6: Wow.
8: It is wild. You can't so, make talk this about up. a
0: manifestation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's your status with this family? You're obviously not in contact with them now, right? I mean, how do you really get past a fake pregnancy?
8: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they told us that like, if any of their you know, other five kids came up for adoption that they would like immediately make moves for that. And there were like a lot of like tearful phone calls and just kind of integrating their family with mine. And You don't come back from that, like you said.
5: No. Mm. And you made space in your life for them. Like that line of your email really stuck out to me because you would. I mean, you'd be planning baby showers and where they're going to sleep and all these things.
8: Yeah. Yeah. We had this lovely nursery set up. It was so much fun to do that. And even, you know, with their existing real kids, you know, we would always have the because you have to have supervised visits when your children are in care and you, and you come visit them. So we would always have like all four to five kids in care meet at our place. And so, you know, it was it was a place that the parents were familiar with. It was a place that all the kids were familiar with. So it was just like, yeah, there was like the physical space. And then like I, I, I told my parents and all my family. Like, hey, we can expect one to, like, five kids in maybe a year. Like, isn't that crazy? And, like, you know, it was just – and then it turned out that it was all fake. And
5: I'm so sorry. But let's talk a little bit about getting you back in the workforce because I know you took 18 months off. And you have a pretty high-level position, right?
0: But did you say you rescinded your license?
8: Yeah, yeah. Why? I I, So I love what foster care does for children because – you know, babies get adopted all the time. There's, like, negative babies in the adoption space. There's a there's a deficit of babies. But in the foster system, there's just this overwhelming surplus. I think it's, like, 400,000 in the United States alone that are looking for homes at any given— that, that's just children, like, needing care. And so my aunts adopted a lovely boy who they turned his world around, and I became of age and, and career to support, you know, my own instance of fostering.
0: Is it a different license in each state? But don't you need to get your license back to, in order to go back to work?
8: No. Um,
0: I think the license
5: was for DCFS, right? Like the foster license? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
8: Like the license that says that, like, you know, like you're capable and you, your house meets all the requirements. and. Sure.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, in the last 18 months, I mean, you're not the only person who's lapsed in employment. Like, I think you can, there's so many things you can say. You can blame it on COVID. You can blame it on your family. You had an, a family member who had COVID who got really ill. Like, you know, obviously don't get into too many details, but you can just make that the, the reason why you didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And even I think
5: there is room to, like, get closer to the truth of I had a loss in my family. Like, you don't necessarily have to say death. Mm. I had a loss in my family, and so I took some time to grieve. And some people may ask for more information, but you can also just finish that sentence and, you know change the subject, ask a question. One thing that I did find, I did a little research on this as well, is for, for example, for women who have a significant gap in their resume, you know, this study was done with like gaps of 10 years for people who took time off to go back to school or raise a family or whatever. When they addressed that gap right on their resume, they had a 40% higher chance of getting hired. So I would say right there on your resume even just say it and then it might not even come up in the interview like I, I think it would be hard pressed to find an interviewer who's like so who died like <laughs> let's talk about it talk about the grieving process
8: right right yeah no that's a that's a great point I never thought about just being bold and out there with it you know because I I, I want to be truthful mm-hmm. to the point where you know I'm not lying that just feels like the opposite of like what the whole point of taking off time was but at the same time like I don't want to like Destroy someone's day with this like terrible story.
0: I think Catherine's advice is perfect. You, <laughs> yeah. you get closer to the truth. I was just coming up with a blatant lie because, <laughs> but I think I'm wrong with this is the situation. And Catherine, that was really good. <laughs> oh, because yeah. you can say you lost a family member and let people. And if and you know they probably will think it was related to COVID, and then we mm-hmm. both get our way. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly.
8: Yeah, definitely. And if
0: they press it, you can invent a family member, just like Chelsea said.
8: Yeah, totally. Just a little bit of fun lying.
0: Yeah. And also focus on, well, you're just talking about your resume, not the actual interview.
8: Well, that's what I'm nervous about. There are so many topics or conversations about how aggressive the workplace is becoming. And, you know, bosses are demanding that people work in the office, go back to the office. There's this conversation about quiet quitting which is just basically acting your wage. And it just seems like the corporate hierarchy office environment in America hasn't improved in my time away. And um, I certainly hope that I'm stronger. But I think that that environment still seems pretty toxic across the board.
0: But you're still ready to get back to work?
8: I would like to. I mean, uh, my partner has a lot of like I hear a lot of his conversations and I want to get back into those like decision making meetings and I want to I want to do the financial analysis and, you know, I want to I want to be a mentor and a leader again.
0: Mm, well, it seems like you've really thought about it and had great thoughtfulness about it. You sound like you really know what you're talking about in terms of what's good for you and the way you're going to like perform the best. So that's positive. And also, you know, focus on all of the things that you like. This is a great job interview right now, I feel Mm -hmm. like if somebody heard you talking, I'd be like, wow, you're so capable and you have so many things to add, you Mm -hmm. know, and just your awareness is you know, impressive. So those are the things you want to sell yourself on anyway and not harp on the last 18 months where you didn't work. It's like that gave me enough time to reflect and figure out and have like a laser focus of exactly what I want to contribute.
8: Yes, that's powerful. Thank you. I, I didn't think about it like that. Thank you.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah.
8: So. And
5: listen back to this because everything you just said is stuff an employer would want to hear. Mm. Like, here's why I want to be here. This is why I love being in corporate America. This is why it allows me to think creatively and problem solve. And I want to be in there.
8: Yeah, I think I could use that to my advantage. And awesome. Yes.
0: All right. Let us know what happens. Keep us posted.
8: Absolutely. West. I'll send you an email. Bye. Have a good one.
0: Thanks. Bye. Yeah. What a whirlwind. That was our longest caller, I think. (laughs) In a while,
5: it sure was. (laughs) (laughs) We learned about corporate America, and here we are.
0: Well, this is
5: an email from Marie. She's 26. Dear Chelsea, this is a long, complicated story, but let me try to boil it down. Impossible, because I always end up going on and on. Five-ish years ago, meet John in my hometown, San Francisco, through mutual friends. We ended up becoming great friends. Six months later, John moves to L.A. We keep in touch through texts and phone calls once or twice a week, occasionally visiting while with friends. July 2020, so this is several years later, John invites me to come down to L.A. for six weeks to stay at his house with him. We gradually start hooking up. We spend the summer hooking up, but he's clear he only wants to be friends. He doesn't want to fuck up our friendship, etc. I'm cool with this. By October 2020, things get weird between us and we're not really talking anymore. A few months later, we start talking on the phone every day for hours at a time. We'd talk in the morning, usually for an hour, and then again at night for a couple hours. He invites me to come stay with him for a week, and when I get back to his place and have lunch, we immediately have sex. Oops. We spend the summer going back and forth between L.A. and San Francisco. September 2021. I help him move, drive his shit from L.A. to San Francisco, where I live. We're hooking up all the time, but, quote, just friends. It's been nine months. I'm basically living with him, haven't slept in my own bed since early April. We say we love each other. He paid for us to go on vacation. Looks and acts just like a boyfriend. But still, he's not. He still won't commit. He's not sleeping with or talking to anyone else. I fully trust him on that. He literally (laughs) doesn't have time because we're together 24-7. I just don't get it. He says he's scared. He doesn't know how things will end up, if he's going to move away, or if we'll just end up with our hearts broken. Is he wasting my time? I would literally marry this guy, but he still won't call me his girlfriend, so what does that say? I don't want to give an ultimatum, but I also need him to make a decision. Why would he want the cow, me, when I already give him the milk, full girlfriend treatment, for free? last time i brought this up was a month ago and he said he just wasn't ready and couldn't give me what i wanted we ended up crying together and things went back to normal chelsea please help best marie
0: hi marie hi how are you good so you want to marry the guy that doesn't even want to acknowledge that you're his girlfriend
9: i mean like i feel really strongly for him probably not marriage right now but Like I would, like I'd be open to a full relationship. I don't understand like why he won't.
0: Because something's stuck in him. Something is stuck in him and you're not gonna get it by sticking around. You're not gonna Mm -hmm. get him unstuck by sticking around. You have to lay down the law and say, listen, this is ridiculous. We're in a relationship. We have been. We're together all the time. I don't care if you're scared. This is now disrespectful to me. You won't even acknowledge that I'm your girlfriend. And if you don't, If you can't, then that's fine, but we're not going to continue this way. And you have to be strong and actually mean that. This is beneath Mm -hmm. you. You know, if you want to be in a relationship with him and he's saying, no, this is beneath you. And you're lowering your standards and what you are going to get in terms of respect from people. Mm Mm-hmm.
5: You asked, is he wasting my time? And I think for my part, the obvious answer is yes. I personally think that wasting someone's time romantically is truly a cardinal sin of dating. Like, I think that is one of the things that's really unforgivable because you are not only taking that person's time currently, but you're taking that person's time, keeping them from meeting someone else, keeping them from healing, keeping them from going and having adventures, whatever the case may be. What do you think about that sense?
0: I agree there? with you again, Catherine. I agree with you. Like, I know you don't want to hear this. I understand that this is difficult because you're in a situation. But I'm, I'm imploring you to get yourself out of this situation. Because as soon as you do, you're going to see things more clearly. And if he's ever going to wake up and stand up and say yes, it's going to be because of your absence.
9: Yeah. I just needed to hear it from someone who wasn't in my life. Yeah, totally.
5: What do your friends think about it? Are your friends like stick around? He's amazing. Or they're like, dump him.
9: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you can't dump him because you're not even in a relationship. (laughs) I know. Well, they're like, you need to bring it
9: up. You need to bring it up. And I feel like I waited until, like I said, I was waiting until I was ready to like really walk away. But I feel like that's not coming. And I just have to do it. Mm, Yeah, you do. And then deal with it. yeah Yeah.
5: marie you seem like somebody who's very level-headed you're very chill and one of the red flags to me because i was in a similar relationship was you know kind of you talk about at the end where you cried about it together and and i you know and that's not mocking at all but no i it's (laughs) like just this sort of up and down and will we or won't we end like he's got these rules This to me feels like somebody who maybe is thriving on the drama of it all. And Mm -hmm. he is addicted to the highs and the lows and all the highs are super high and all the lows are super low. And like maybe there's a little personality disorder going on or maybe there's just like a bad boyfriend situation going on. But that Mm -hmm. to me is kind of red flaggy.
0: Is that what your relationship is like, dramatic and highs and lows? It was like two years
9: ago. Mm -hmm. And then the last like nine months have
0: been really calm
9: and like really good and honestly like perfect aside from this whole thing of not having a label on it which is like the one thing i'm asking
0: you know and it's not a lot no it's not it's It's totally normal and that yes yeah honestly just get away from him break up and do it with meaning and i guarantee you your life is going to be incrementally better in three weeks
9: okay Three
0: yes. weeks. <laughs> Three weeks, you're going to start to feel the impact of making a strong decision and what that mm. means as a woman and setting an example for yourself and for all of the people in your life that you're not a doormat and that, that what you're asking for is not a tall order. For to be called someone's girlfriend is an everyday language that men, women, w- women, and women, men, and men, everyone uses. It's not a big deal. So he should get yeah. over himself or he's not going to have you as his girlfriend. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty simple. I'm going to do it. So do it. Report back, okay? Let us know. I will. I will. I'm scared. <laughs> Don't be scared. Be you strong. Do it. Be strong. Step in your strong shoes. Like, you have strength. Go find it.
9: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye, Absolutely.
0: Marie. Bye. Bye,
5: guys. You know, I think it's interesting that she mentions ultimatums. I Do you think that they ever work?
0: no it's so dumb <laughs> ultimatum like i don't even understand where that came from yeah you're gonna do this or you <laughs> or
5: else
0: <laughs> so stupid
5: uh, you know i think like the only time something similar to that has worked for me is like when i'm giving it to myself so it's like i in the past have been like you know what if i still feel this bad in this job or this relationship or this friendship or whatever it is, in two months or six months or whatever sort of the situation calls for. And I will actually put this on my calendar. Like, get out of that situation if you still feel bad at this point. Because, like, things get good. Things get bad. Like, things change. But, like, I've given myself ultimatums. And I think that's the only thing you can do. You can't give an ultimatum to another person.
0: No. I mean, no. it's almost like a way to state that the opposite will happen. And it's, yeah, it's as an As soon as you threat. say, if you do this, you know, it's gonna happen.
5: Right. Exactly. And if so. you just, you know, like Marie... If you do actually just leave, it's not an empty threat. It's like, okay, well, this is the boundary. You're not gonna give me what I want, so
0: it's done. Marie know? Marie's gonna follow up with us. She's gonna leave sure. him and then she's gonna follow up with us. Exactly. She better find it in her courage machine to do the deed. It's empowering to walk away from things. I mean, not in an arrogant way or like, oh, I'm the big. It's empowering for your self-esteem to be like, this is not acceptable for me anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't accept this.
5: And you actually truly never know what good thing can come out of saying no to something that's not working. Uh I had a situation recently where I was working on a show. Brad and I were actually both working on a show. It felt like the right decision to leave the show because of a few different things that were going on and we had too many projects going on and whatever else. So we left the show and I actually was able to find two people who are actually two of my closest friends to fill those positions and got them all set up. And the very last thing, like on my last conversation with the hiring manager, with the manager of the show was, you know, the host of the show just wishes he could do this show with you. And as it turned out, the other show that I was leaving for had fallen through. It had turned out to be a bad, toxic situation. So we got out of that. And it turned into this situation I never could have realized where I got hired back to the show. I get to work with two of my best friends who are brilliant at their jobs. And I get to, like, help on this this show that I just absolutely love. And, like, all the bad stuff there has gone away. Mm -hmm. So it just was like I could have never envisioned that this was a possible outcome. But like I got hired back with like a better title in a race. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. I know things do work out
0: like that all the time. They do. That happens all the time. They do.
5: Well, we have one more caller today and her name is Jocelyn. Jocelyn says, Dear Chelsea, I'm 36 and I live in Austin. I made a career switch and became an esthetician a few months before I moved here, February 2020. And well, what a fucking time to move to a new city. Over the past few months, clients will come in, lay on the table for a service, and just start trauma dumping. I've always been an empath, and people have opened up to me a lot throughout my life. I value deep conversations. As my friends were gossiping in a booth at a bar, I would always be found having a heart-to-heart with a stranger. It's just who I am. Lately, though, I haven't been able to deal with the weight of the trauma dumping my clients tend to do. It leaves me exhausted, mentally and emotionally. I have my own shit. I'm seeing a therapist uh, and have even talked to her about this. So it's difficult dealing with my shit and having clients who I know feel like they may not have anyone to talk to. I usually go home and feel so drained that I don't want to do anything. I end up sleeping in. They get nothing accomplished before work. I don't necessarily feel depressed just bogged down and in a daze of sorts. Do you have any advice on how to overcome this slump and get motivated to take action in filling my own cup before I get burnt out? All the best, Jocelyn.
0: Hi,
3: Jocelyn. Hi.
0: Hi.
5: Hi, how are
3: you? Doing well. I see we both have beautiful curtains behind us. Mm, Yes, it's a curtain
0: podcast (laughs) We have curtains behind there Because there's seven small people living back there So we have to hide that For publicity reasons Of course there are So what is your line of work? I'm a medical esthetician Right I would have to say, listen, I think that job just, that's what that job comes with, right? Like people are always going to come in there and air their laundry. I think it's a matter of you getting your head in a different space about it and realize that you are serving a really important purpose in so many people's lives because that is when they do relax and they are willing to be vulnerable and discuss their problems. And that's a far better option than people not discussing their problems. While you don't want to be the recipient all the time because you have your own stuff going on, I find that when you're there for other people in a generous way, which is part of your job, kind of, you know, it's not written, but it is kind of like a tacit part of your job. I feel like that's going to give you so much comfort and fill you up as well. If you have the right attitude about you're being that you're there to help them instead of, you know, being annoyed by people's stories, which I I can totally relate to. It's nice to flip the switch and be like, this person needs me right now.
3: Yeah. Have you tried anything like that? Yeah, no, I definitely have been working on it and trying to set boundaries in different ways. It's more so the like constants of it. Like sometimes I'll have an hour facial and then a 15 minute break and then back to back where sometimes it's all day of just hearing really sad things. And so I definitely know that I need to work on myself and changing my state of mind for sure. Like I said in the email. I was seeing a therapist, but I fired her last week. So I'm looking for another one. Why did you fire her? I gave it four sessions. And every time I felt like I was the only one initiating any of the conversation. And there was a lot of lulls in between until I started talking again. And the last session with her, she confused me with another client. And brought up someone else's trauma with me that I was like, I don't think I said that. And so it was kind of awkward. Well,
0: good for firing her. That's not a match. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. not a good therapist. So yeah, you should definitely find another therapist, but don't give up, you know? And listen we all go through different phases in our lives we go through happy spells and sadder spells and listless periods where you're sometimes you feel super productive and sometimes you don't but I really think if you can try and remember to be of service to others in a sense and that you're doing jo- like you're doing the Lord's work you know like think about it in that sense take it seriously on that in that sense and try and separate your personal life from theirs you know I think sometimes hearing a lot of sad stories makes me feel realize how lucky I am and fortunate not to be experiencing those things. So there's that aspect of it too. You know, it can shine a light on how different your lives are and how grateful you are to have the life you are. Even if you're not in the happiest state right now, you never know that could be just around the corner and it's it is really an inside job to get ourselves to feel positive and happy and optimistic. That doesn't just always come naturally. Definitely.
5: Yeah, and I think there might be some things you can do at the end of your workday to sort of like Literally and figuratively, like wash that stuff away so that you're not taking it home with you, whether that's sort of resetting your nervous system by taking a shower or some people love to have light some sage and sage themselves or whatever. But having some sort of a little daily ritual, even if it's just changing your clothes or taking a nap or whatever it is, to sort of separate those two parts of your day. Do you find it's a few clients in particular or is it just all your clients are trauma dumping?
3: Not all of them, but there's a steady amount. Mm. Like my coworkers and I talk about it. Like everyone's kind of going through it. And it is obviously with our job, it is a common thing. And then with the last couple of years and all the shit that everyone has been through, there's even more. Yeah, Definitely trying to separate, change my mindset and be more positive about it. Knowing that I am helping people. I just feel mainly that I... Carry it with, like, you take it on.
5: Yeah. Yeah. That will definitely be something to talk to your new therapist about. Like, how do I hear this and be present with them, but also, like, not have it affect me and, like, carry it with me every day? There might be an opportunity for you to set the tone when you walk into the room. So maybe that's asking questions that have sort of like a positive basis or even redirecting like, I'm so sorry that happened. So maybe let's let's talk about something positive. What's one of the most fun things you've done or seen recently? You know, setting up those conversations, even right from the beginning, when someone walks in the door of engaging them with what's something positive. Let's talk about this. What was fun this week? What are you liking to listen to right now? And just getting the ball rolling encouraging them to talk about things they're excited about
3: no i love that idea because i like i said earlier i've tried setting boundaries i have tried redirecting but i haven't thought about the like asking them you know what's a positive thing going on what's something fun you've done and so that's really great like
5: first date questions or third date questions stuff that's like light and positive but it's like gets the ball rolling and it's very open-ended and yeah awesome Great. Well, let's say try that out and let us know how it goes for you.
3: All right. Thank you all so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks
5: Good Thanks
3: luck. for on. Okay. Oh, she's
5: sweet.
0: Yeah. Of that course must she's
5: be. a medical esthetician. She was beautiful.
0: It's so funny, though. <laughs> Whenever I go to the doctor, I feel like they're fucking d- trauma dumping on me. <laughs> Any of my estheticians, not trauma dumping, but I'm always getting information. That's because I ask a lot of questions. That's, yeah. That's why.
5: And that's your vibe. You're like, tell me all the things. Tell me all the things. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, Chelsea? Yes, yes, yes.
1: Bye, Catherine. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women creating sustainable size and gender-inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit-tested for all-day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com.
7: I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet.
4: Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
6: We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeartPodcasts, Podcasts.
4: It's like the police knew who he was before they got here.
6: A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption.
9: We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish.
6: Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Hello! We're back. Excellent. That was so easy. Chelsea, This is usually the part of the show where someone asks for advice from you. But I think since it's just you and me today, I think we can close with one last email that I got. And I wanted to share this kind of at the end. But it goes with our theme today of breakups and makeups. Dear Chelsea, this is from Ariana. I'm writing this email to express my deepest gratitude for you as a role model. My ex and I broke up in June. And because it was my deepest, most loving relationship yet, it is now my most painful breakup. I've gone through many periods in life where I was sure that I probably won't find my person, not really based on insecurities, but because I just didn't think there was a great fit out there for me. That all changed last year when I was swept up in love with the most amazing person I've ever met. We moved across the country together and went through rough patches, and then had so much growth together all in a little over a year. Things were never perfect, but as the saying goes, love is all about hard work.
0: In June- What saying is that? (laughs) (laughs) love is all about hard work no okay anyway marriage is all about hard work that's accurate that is accurate
5: in june he had the courage that i didn't to say what we both knew to be true it just wasn't the right fit we hadn't lived there long enough for me to have a solid group of friends and i had no family nearby my mom flew out and helped me pack up and just like that my new life and all the plans we made for the future were gone I'm still picking up the pieces of my life, finding a new job and a new place. But this is the only relationship that has reached this level for me. And just as I was starting to slip back into my pessimistic view of, well, this is as good as it could get and it didn't work, so that's it for me, I listened to your podcast. Hearing your hope and positivity for your future is healing a part of me I haven't touched yet in my journey. Yuck, sorry I said journey. We're all works in progress, and to hear you speak and spread love helps make this all a little easier. Ariana.
0: Mm, That's nice. Okay, well, this is our close then, you guys. Thanks for being here with us today, and we'll be back next week. Yep, we sure will. (laughs) Bye. So I am winding up my stand-up tour. Vaccinated and Horning is coming to a screeching halt at the end of the year. I have my last dates coming up. And these are the last opportunities you have to also buy merch from the website, ChelseaHandler.com, if you want vaccinated and horny. Captain's hats that say, we're the captains now for women only. Or T-shirts for men in your family that say, I'm sorry, because they should be. I only have a few dates left. Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. There, (laughs) I said it. And then San Diego and Riverside, California, and then Baltimore, Maryland. And then my very last date is December 16th in Reading, Pennsylvania. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, you can subscribe to Dear Chelsea. That is our podcast. And you can rate us if you want. Yeah, that's a great idea. It actually makes a huge difference for this
5: podcast, for any podcast that you like Subscribing, giving it a rating actually make a huge difference in who all it gets served to and helping spread the word. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Subscribe and, and 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 comment. Yeah, and follow.
5: So if you'd like advice from Chelsea, just send us an email at dearchelseapodcast at gmail.com. Dear Chelsea is a production of iHeartRadio, executive produced by Nick Stump, produced by Catherine Law and edited and engineered by Brad Dickert.